It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, yo, hey, yo, yo, what's up? This is Jay Kelly, host of The Building Downtown. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Building Downtown downtown and make sure you follow and subscribe on youtube itunes stitcher spotify all those nice places where you get your music from your podcast from we're on there under the building downtown uh for tonight we're doing something a little special i'm going to be rolling solo krill kasatsky will not be joining me tonight i'll be hooking up with my old co-host from rear naked choke radio who i did an mma show with for about seven years and uh, we'll be talking about ufc 246 which goes down this saturday january 18th at the t-mobile center in las vegas headlined by conor mcgregor and donald cowboy cerrone and let's get into it Building downtown. Building downtown. Building downtown. Fight week. UFC 246. Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone, and I, Jason Kelly, the host of the Building Downtown, and back on my old stomping grounds, Rear Naked Choke Radio, with my old buddy, the man, the one who does everything in threes, Joe Rizzo. How you doing, buddy? I do everything in threes, so but this is my first thing that I've done this year. Well, no, actually, maybe it's my third. Who knows? But anyway, it's 2020, and Jay, if you're smart, what you do is you 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 move along with the times, right? So what we do here is you and I, you know, Rear Naked Choke Radio. It had, we found the lost episode. We posted that, and. You know, you're doing the building downtown now. I'm do I'm working on another podcast and project and you know, but here's the thing. Like you take the smart people in this industry like like Opie uh from Opie Radio and Matt Farah from the Smoking Tire and like they 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 want to hang out and they want to do each other's shows and what they do is like they share an episode. And uh so I was talking to you. I'm like, "Why don't we just share an episode? It's Conor McGregor's fighting." Like that's always a reason that you and I would, would in the rear naked choke radio days, that we'd be taking like a four month hiatus, be like, McGregor's fighting. Yeah, we'd probably better do a show. Um, lo- so love him or hate him. Love him or hate him. Conor <laughs> McGregor brings everyone together. It's just easy to talk about. He's just an interesting guy, and he's facing uh, Cerrone here in UFC 246. Uh, the card itself is actually pretty good, too. There's, there's some. Uh, there's some yeah, juice. A little bland. A little, yeah, little bland for a, a Connor card. For a Connor card. Well, of course, if it's a Connor card, so they're not gonna they're not gonna bottom load it. They're gonna do it like you know, just at the top, and then. But you got it. It's it's always the angle, right? Like you you gotta really look hard at the card and say, wait a minute, like is what are some of these matchups like? are there some good fights that are actually on there even though maybe like the matchups themselves they made some interesting matchups on it not necessarily like these these big headlining fights that you're going to go out of your way to see but anyway we, we we could we could get into all that as as we go along but jay it's good to talk to you again it's good to be back on the air it's fun to be it's fun to be back in the in this format too 
Yeah, it is. It's good. And, uh, you know, the building downtown is is a really cool new show. And, you know, I'm glad that that uh, we're able to to share this and me making my first of many Many, many, many appearances. <laughs> yeah, yes. I can't wait to have you on with uh, shout out to my co-host, Kirill Kasatsky. Uh, he couldn't be with us tonight. He had some uh, prior engagements, but uh, uh, I'm looking forward to having you two on. You know, or I guess, you, like I said before, you, you're like that. You're that third co-host that's that'll be joining us very often. It could be. Oh, so uh, Kirill, Kirill's not ducking. He's not. It's not that he's ducking. He's not ducking me. He's not he, no, he's not talking. He's Russian. We could start a whole Russian-American thing. We'll bring up a whole. We'll start a whole new Cold War with you two. Cold you're, War? You're talking about? I, I nobody loves Russian people more than me. You got to be yeah. kidding me. We'd probably be like old buddies, <laughs> Nostrovia, like the whole thing, like blow out all your air before you do the vodka shots. Like I know the whole. Thing. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, no, my... you guys, you guys are going to vibe well, and uh, also like you, you mentioned to me earlier, you're. Uh, Going to put some life back into Rear Naked Choke Radio, so I'm sure I'll find myself on there often enough. Uh, yeah, I, I know my what, you know, I, know I my way around gonna, there. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, I don't know if we're going to keep doing like such MMA centric shows. You know, I mean, you know the stuff that that really I've always liked to do, which is just talk to people. You know, just like we were always yep. sitting around and, you know, uh, listen. I mean, like, did I become Joe Rogan? No. Was I doing that? format you know or some kind of form of it for a really long time yeah and you know he's just better at it than me but like it doesn't mean i can't still do it you know as a he, as a he, hobby he also a had he also was a part of this news radio show and the host of this fear factor show and the commentator for this ultimate fighting championship league before he started the podcast so i mean i don't know if you guys were on fair playing ground to begin with because uh, you know we what were, i noticed you know what no, we here's were. where I, here's I, where people got to give you they got to give you your props as as the the founder creator owner of Rear Naked Choke Radio. Joe Rogan celebrated his ten year anniversary in December two thousand nineteen. You celebrated yours, and it was like March or April of two thousand seventeen. So they got to they got to put some respect on your name for that alone. And I'm not oh, just that. talking like you were you you were. You know, recording uh, calls over a speakerphone and uploading them to the internet, and calling that a podcast. You were in a gym with uh, professional uh, boxing or like whatever, not necessarily always professional, but like tr- training going on with professional boxers at times, amateur boxers. People are just training in the background, in rings, at the gym every Wednesday, and you had fighters there live on set. Film you were doing them on what uh, UStream? Yeah, did UStream? We you were did. doing U UStream. Okay, that's like MySpace days. People got to put respect on your motherfucking name. How about this, Caitlin Chukagian, who's fighting for a title uh, in a in a few weeks, February eighth. I'm pretty sure against uh, yeah. She Valentina. was on. She was on Rear Naked Choke Radio, I believe, before she even had her first amateur fight. I saw her work out. I've known Jimmy Rivera for a long time, and Jimmy Rivera was at Tygo Sherman's, which is not that far, like the the headquarters, which is not that far from where I am in in New Jersey. So we used to go down there and we would shoot some stuff for MMA diehards, and we would do stuff for, you know, whatever whatever radio shows we were doing, including this one. And uh, 
but I just I saw Caitlin like working out with the with the MMA team and I was like blown away. I'm like, holy shit, this girl's like unbelievable. So I was like, who's that? They're like, oh, that's Caitlin. So, you know, and then I mean, we haven't been much in touch lately, but like that's that, you know, like when I see stuff like that and I'm like, wow, Caitlin was on this show before. I'm pretty sure it was before she even had her first amateur fight. And, you know, now she's fighting Shevchenko for for the 125 pound title in the UFC. I mean, women weren't even in the UFC at the time of that interview. Women, how about this? Women weren't even close to the UFC. No kidding. At the time that, that that she was on, you know. I mean, so that's that's good. And I'm trying to remember. I think I think she might have come on in in person when we were at LA Boxing in in Paramus, New Jersey. I mean, we had like I mean, uh, it was it was a little difficult to get people out there. Like if that, like if if we were in a better location, like Paramus, New Jersey, is a pretty central location. It's just that there's, you know, a lot of traffic and people don't really want to go like too far out of their way. But like, you know, we had some we had some cachet. I mean, we had a lot of good guests on over the years. Flaunt, flaunt, talk your shit. Let them drop some names. Who are well, who are so, well, did did who that, who is it? Uh, King Mo brought along at his at uh, his early ages in, in uh, MMA. Uh, Daniel Cormier. So oh yeah, Mo, just Daniel that guy. Came, that you know, guy. Wasn't there some chick who did some big big things in women's MMA that was on there? That was that was on the show in person or in no uh, no. No, well, King Mo and and uh, and Daniel Cormier came. They actually came. I I was talking about the people that actually showed up to L.A. Boxing and and you know sat with us, which is that was really my goal. Like I wanted to make that like a physical location or destination where these fighters would you know if they were in the area or something they'd come in and, and they'd sit down with us. You know, kind of like <clears throat> to some certain degree, like what what Ariel did. I just didn't have the you know, I didn't have the studio per se. It was, you know, I made a mo- I could make a mobile studio anywhere. I just need, you know, a computer, a mixing board, and like my my crap and an internet connection. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Ariel was was more centrally located. He had his, you know, they he had a studio in the city, and he was able to like parlay a lot of that stuff. Um, but you know, we were doing that for for years before he he started doing like. Uh, a podcast it's just you know some of those guys have just they they just did it they just did it better or like the thing you're talking about you know i think it's nice by the way and i appreciate you like trying to give me props but like guys like rogan guys like ariel like they they they're super hard workers like it's not just that they're lucky like these guys are not lucky like Rogan works his ass off. Ariel yeah. works his ass off. And I'm not off. saying it's lucky. It's total dedication. I never put like that level of dedication in except for, you know, maybe like a short period of time. And when I did, like the show was, you know, the show was good. In fact, it was there was just some anniversary that came up on Facebook when like the UG had us nominated for like podcast of the year or, or like MMA show of the year. I was like, wow, holy shit. I didn't even think they knew we existed, but <laughs> you know, we had like a good, we've had a good following. We still have the subscribers. So, you know, when, when people saw this like lost show from 2019 that you and I did, and I'm like, screw it. I'm not even putting context. I'm just, I found it. I solved a problem on the back end that we had where we couldn't post shows for a while. And, um, I posted it and, you know, it's right there and, and, in the iTunes thing. And I see like the subscribers are still there. It's still hitting people's like subscriptions. They probably forgot about it. And now all of a sudden they're going to get like two in a week here. It's going to be pretty funny. 
but oh. uh, they're still there. Like we've had some some really loyal fans who have who have stuck with us over the years. There's not you know there's not too much like feedback or any of that stuff. Like you know it's not, not like crazy active on on Twitter. You could always get us there. You could go over all the Twitter stuff for for both shows. But um, you know it's just nice to do it. Like it's nice to be to be part of the community and. Um, you know, to have been there for a while and sit here with you, you know, heaping praise all upon me when, you know, you're you're half the uh, half the mechanism that makes the machine go is very flattering. And I, I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, uh, the early, not, early days, though, that was you. That was that yeah, was all you. But listen, you're you know, for for a, for a non-talent ass, you're pretty good yourself, my friend. Like, <laughs> Plus, I came up under the Canadian education system. You know how shitty that is. <laughs> Right. You haven't ever let me forget that since I met you in fucking 2010. I love the Canadian education system. I love Canadians. I love Canada. I love America. Actually, I'm wearing an America sweatshirt tonight, but I have a Canada one from when I was up there uh, a couple of months ago that like I almost never take off. It's like I had to raise my hoodie game this this uh this past, you know, couple of months because I was like really stale, but got a couple of like USA ones and I got the Canada one while I was up there. It's good. You know, it's good stuff anyway. But like, what do people want to hear? Do they want to hear us like riff and BS and whatever? Uh, I don't know. But I mean, like McGregor Cerrone, like I was a little disappointed in the matchup when it came out. I mean, I'll settle for it because I want to, I just want to see McGregor back in. Settle. Settle. Yeah. Because you're telling me it's it's at welterweight. It's against, you know, Cerrone's gotten jacked his last two fights. I mean, like he, the guys made it What's into the second to, round. What, what do you think's going to happen here? Like the same thing. I mean, no, the, no, uh, no, no. I, I think okay. If we're going with what I think is going to happen in the fight, and by all means, uh, listeners, if you're looking for like a real breakdown, I don't know, go find Robin Black or someone like that. I can, but you know, f- from. Uh, from you know the 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 tendencies they both have obviously the way Cerrone wins the fight um I know a lot of people are saying take him down submit him uh, I like that in the press conference Cerrone pointed out that it's not like Connor doesn't know how to get up or avoid takedowns or get a submission so it's not like it's going to be that easy for him if that was his plan but the way Cerrone fights obviously Connor wants to keep it standing. Cerrone is a lunatic, so he always wants to keep things standing and, and get nuts. Using, you know, like like teeps, like front kicks, leg kicks, and a uh, little bit of boxing to stay on the outside and wear Connor down, um, work on his legs a lot. Not necessarily like beat on his legs, like a lot of people uh, say that about um, Nate Diaz. They already always have. Uh, that you know Nate uh, leans on that front leg, not like you know Connor does that, but what what Cowboy loves to do is like you know maybe throw a jab and a leg kick or a front kick, and then he stands right in boxing range and starts throwing boxing combinations. He's always done that, and you look at his highlights. A lot of times, those those head kicks he sets up, it's from that boxing range. He's landing the boxing combinations. So the person's getting hit too much. They have to take a step back. They take that step back. They're watching the boxing combinations. Boom, they get hit with that head kick. And like, and he throws that, that bitch like a whip. I just don't see Connor getting caught with that. Um, 
so I I think you know Connor's is if I if I had to bet money on it I would say Connor uh, late in the first early in the second because of like I said that 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 tendency that Cerrone uh, has and I don't think that he'll he's not going to change this late in his career plus he, like I said he likes to get in there and really he likes to get hit not necessarily like a Justin Gaethje but you know Cowboys uh, he likes those gritty fights uh he likes to uh, be a cowboy basically but you sound like you sound like you're about to break into a kid rock song but <laughs> but uh well you're thinking that uh uh like cowboy has you know he's he's lost his last two Carter hasn't been great over the past few outings either uh cowboy stayed active Connor's had time off where they're doing that 170, I think that's more so of a, you know, fuck cutting weight. I can't wait to see what the what the official weigh-in is. Um, they might be low 70s at, or sorry, 170, but rehydrate to low 70s at best. One of them might weigh in if, especially if, if I'm going to have to pick one, Connor might weigh in at like 168 or something. I think that's just... Uh, a, an agreement between them, like fuck the cutting weight thing. So the 170, I think that that goes more to Cowboys' favor than uh, than Connor's favor. Uh, I think that there's a lot of history here. So I, th- uh, right from the uh, the red panty night, that press conference, Connor and uh, Cerrone were having exchanges that night. Cerrone was sitting right behind him, and at that time, Connor was fighting at. 45 and Cerrone was at 55 um so there's there's history so like as far as saying like you're you're not you don't really you know the fight doesn't get you excited like you're gonna tune in and everything because it is a Connor fight but being matched up against Cerrone I think that the 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 story's there the excitement's there uh I think where they're meeting right now in their career is a good place for them to meet I think that uh if it would have happened, like say Connor would have jumped up for no reason from forty-five to fifty-five before beating Aldo, because of somehow it got you know that fight came together Cerrone. I think Cerrone would have m- murdered him. I think a few years ago when Cerrone was kind of bouncing between fifty-five and seventy and trying to figure shit out, Connor would have killed him. I think right now they're both at not lows in their career, but uh, definitely lulls compared to where they usually are they're usually you know higher up at least on, on the winning scale their stock is still very high um i i, I think uh this is a this is a, a a big fight for all those reasons well i'm not saying it's not big i'm not saying it's not box office and i'm not saying i'm not interested but i it, the matchup itself like I get the idea, but I just think it's more interesting when you feel like Connor has a better chance to lose. And in this case, you, you're like even you're you're trying to make cases for Cerrone, but even you think Connor's going to finish him in a round or two, right? Which is what yeah, you just oh said. definitely, definitely. Yeah, so so that's the thing that like it wasn't just that that you know when he was fighting Nate Diaz on on short notice, Connor McGregor that you know. It was it was because of Nate Diaz. You know, you knew you were going to get eight days of 
ridiculousness in the media and crazy shit. But like, even you said it, like that was one of our biggest rear naked choke radio podcast numbers ever. When you did like a 15 minute spot on why you thought Nate Diaz should be the replacement in that fight. Mm -hmm. And then literally like it happened the next day. That day. It happened later that that day. day. It happened later that day. And, And the thing is like, you knew as an MMA person, you knew that that was like a real matchup that that was going to give McGregor a lot of problems yeah. and that him taking it on that, especially on short notice, was going to make it even more of a problem. And that all the shit that Nate was saying, he actually had a real chance to make it come true. Yeah. Like Cerrone <laughs> is, is is is, you know, he's a he, McGregor's a minus 340 favorite. Cerrone's a plus 280 underdog. If you don't know what those numbers mean, it means, you know, he's a, he's a pretty significant favorite. Um, this would be a pretty big upset if Cerrone. But I, as uh, Nick Kalikas has taught us before, money lines don't uh, always say uh, who's better. It's because of how much money is coming in on one guy. Right. So you got to think right. how much money is coming in on Connor. So I think that uh, would affect the lines. Yes, but quite it's, a bit. but it's not it's not going to be so much like like even if it's affecting it. Even if it's affecting it twenty percent, if you took, you know, if you did a twenty percent swing the other way, he's still a big favorite. So I'm I'm accounting for that in in my thinking. And you're right, like it does. Like lines have to do with how much money is going on one and how much is going on the other. And in most cases, the betting lines are made that they want like equal money on both sides. Um, so they limit their risk. And, but sometimes as Nick Kalika says, and again, you said fight odds on uh, Twitter, go follow him as he's, as he has told us in the past as well, that sometimes the, the house or the gambling site, whatever it is, they, they will take, uh, extra risk by making a line slanted more one way or the other, because they think that they're going to get, you know, more money on some kind of underdog, or more money on a favorite, and they think that it's actually going to go the other way. In which case, they can they can make a lot more, more money, um, mm. the casinos or the uh, or the gambling operators. But look, this this like Cerrone's four and six in his last ten fights, and basically all of those ten fights um, in the time period that he's had those was like the time period since McGregor's last win, which is the Eddie Alvarez fight in 2016. So since then, McGregor was in the cage in in October of 2018, and he lost to Khabib. And even with that, like even with like a two-year or whatever was layoff almost, you know, it was just about two years, I think. And, um, you know, he, like Khabib was Khabib against him, but not a lot of guys have really gone through and, and, hung in there through four rounds with Khabib the way that, that Connor did. Like, it's not like he made a shit show of himself out there. Like it wasn't, you know, like that, that wasn't Khabib's hardest fight and it definitely wasn't his easiest fight. And, you know, a lot of people think that if they ran that back again, McGregor would have a, a much better chance now that he's seen him and, and felt what Khabib could do. So that is something I'm, I cannot yeah. agree with that. I mean, it's just, I said they're, they're, people. I didn't say who. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling. Fuck those people. Um, <laughs> one so thing. if you look at well, well, here, Jay. You know what I like to do, right? I go back and I look through what what's the record telling me, and in 
in Cowboys 10 fights since 2016, so the start of 2017. Now, granted, like you said, he's more active. So if he's more active, he's, you know, 10 fights over the course of a few years here is, is you know, quite a bit over three years. Um, that's he's extremely active. That's, you know, three and a third fights a year. Mm-hmm. So in those fights, right, if you just look at the easy thing to look at is who did he beat and who did he lose to? And the first things that jump off the page are when he goes up in class, not weight class, class of fighter, he's come up short. And when Big he's fights. not going and when Two. he's not going up in class of fighter, he is winning. So the fights that he won, he beat Yancey Medeiros, he beat Platinum. Right? All those guys are good fighters. Here are the guys he lost to. Game Brad, Robbie Lawler, Darren Till, Leon Edwards, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gagey. What's the difference? There. Right there. Now, where would you classify Conor McGregor among those two groups? The only guy that's maybe better than McGregor among those two groups is Ferguson. Maybe you could maybe you could say Gagey. Maybe. I wouldn't. But I so would no, say the only guy in that argument that has McGregor's body of work is is Ferguson, who you could argue, you know, might actually might actually was, be a better fighter at this point. Was Bazaval at one seventy or one fifty five? Uh let's see. I think that was at one seventy. So how would McGregor was, do against Bazaval at one seventy? I mean, it would be a hell of a fight. <laughs> oh, it would be a hell of a murder. I, I don't see Connor doing well in that, in that contest at all. Connor's not a seventy. He's not. He's that's the other those losses of Cowboys that some of them I know are seventies. Leon Edwards, that's a seventy. Um, Connor's he fights went back at to what? lightweight. He went back to lightweight against Hernandez. Okay, so and I Quinta and then Ferguson and Gigi. So Ferguson is uh, and Gaethje are the legit 55ers. And Cerrone is a 55er. He went up to 70 and we saw it just he's not a 70. He's a a big 55er at best. And that's like Connor. Picture if Connor went up there and spent time in the, that 70 division. He would get beat by a lot of guys who are not huge names. Leon Edwards, he could possibly beat Connor. And it wouldn't be a long shot for Leon Edwards to beat Connor. Uh, who's the guy that just beat Mike Perry? Uh, Jeff, Jeff Neal, Jeff O'Neal. Um, he could possibly beat Connor. It's because it, they're on the up, uh, above average side of the 70, the guys at 70, like that's their home. Um, Pitcher Connor versus Colby Covington. That would not go well at all. Um, so I think that like, just to kind of like you no know, play devil's advocate when you're looking at the those records uh and looking at the difference of like when they go up in weight Connor went up in weight to fight Nate right so th- this is kind of just like look at it that way it's 255ers that aren't cutting weight there's no way that either one of them should be you know making their home at uh, at 170 I agree with that. I still think it, it, it it's even more of an advantage for Connor than like in that case, you know? Like Cerrone's shown to be 
more vulnerable at 170 and now you know connor's going up to 170 to fight him and and you know he was he's he has fought at the weight and he did beat nate so there's there is a little bit of a, a background and i agree like it, he's definitely like much better at 55 maybe even for i i still think at 45 he's that was that was the best you know that was like the best that we've ever seen him but 55 is fine you know and if if like you know to to really uh you know add a little bit more to that uh if you want to use that sort of like uh mma math comparisons whatever even though it was you know almost a decade ago as crazy as that is uh when nate went up to 70 right he did horrible at at 170 when he went up there so uh, I think uh, a better like a comparison would be you look at Connor versus uh, like Nate during that period, Cerrone during that period, where they went up to 170 because Nate and Cerrone fought, right? So like if you if you want to do like MMA math, you look at that, look at them at 170 because Connor's basically fighting, you know, not cutting weight just like Nate and Cerrone didn't do um, against Connor. All good and points. Nate, Nate did. Um, Nate went what? Zero and four <clears throat> against welterweights because he fought Rory. He fought uh, that Korean dude. Um, oh, what's his name? Stun Gun or whatever the hell. Remember that dude? Stung and Kim. Yeah, um, and I think he had two other fights at one seventy, but against actual seventies. But then you look when he meets Connor at one seventy, he won one and lost one. I, Nate's a different fighter than Cowboy for goddamn sure, but I'm just saying like that. That as far as the going up in weight thing, if you're trying to make you know some sort of parallels there, I don't think you can make them versus you know like uh, when Cerrone went up in weight because the guys he fought were actually 170s. All fine, all fair comparisons. And by the way, like Jeff Neal, you 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 think he'd you think he'd beat Conor McGregor? Sorry, oh. <laughs> I just had to get that. I'm not saying he's a favorite. I'm saying that at a, at a 170, that dude's fast. He's talented. He's got a good set of actual martial arts skills. <clears throat> the the size difference is uh, is what would come. It could play a huge factor there. I mean, Connor would really he would be like a friggin' Like a Frankie at at lightweight, at that point. Remember Frankie fought at lightweight and he just weigh in at one fifty three because that's what he weighed that day. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and he was fighting guys that were like you know Gleason Tebow's and shit like that. <laughs> good times. It's good times. It's good times. So, I think as far as weight, uh. Uh, you know, Cerrone's last couple outings have not been great. Cerrone's not only older, like, by, like, age, but in fight years, a billion years older. You know, Cerrone's put a, a lot more uh, wear on those tires over the years than Connor has. I think this is Cerrone's 51st fight, 51st MMA fight. Um, so... Well, he's 36. And Connor's what? Is uh, Connor, I think 29? Connor's 29, right? Let's see. 
No, he's 31. Connor's 31? Yeah. Holy fuck. I thought most people grow up when they hit 30. Um. Wow. That was beastly. <laughs> but he's had... This is literally... He's literally had half as many fights. He's had 25 to Cowboys 50. And... So, so Cowboys got five years and 50, had 25 fights on him. So that's five years of five fights a year, right? No shit. And and, and, and Cowboy just is looking at that brand new shiny seven year contract that he just signed, right? So. Oh, I didn't even hear about that. He signed a, a seven year contract. He's on a seven. He's on a seven year contract, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know. I, know, I think oh. so. Um, I wonder what kind of contract McGregor's on. Just one-offs. This is the, it's the first. I think this is the first fight in his seven-year, uh, seven-fight contract. Did I say seven-year? You meant said seven-year, seven, seven, year. seven yeah, fights. Seven oh, so that'll be done by April. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be. Could yeah. be. All right. So no, listen, did we cover or not? Like, is there anything that you're going to see? Like, I guess the only other thing is the the ifs. Ends and 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 butts about it. So if Connor wins, what do we predict is going to be his next step? If Cowboy wins, what do we? Pre- we already know what his next I, step is going to be. He's just going to keep going for fights. He's not going for titles. So I I, th- I think a thing we we do have to touch on before that is uh, humble Connor. He's doing press conferences now, praising Donald and talking about how thankful he is to be here and everything else. Do you? Do you buy that as uh, we're not going to ever see, uh, you know, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank absolutely nobody. Like, do, do you think that, that Connor's gone? Um, do you think this is a uh, a marketing thing for him? And as soon as he's done, like, I'm not saying he doesn't respect Cerrone. I, I, like... I've always felt that Connor respects uh, martial artists and the guys he's in there against, but uh, he also knows how to make money and sell fights, right? So he he, he does doesn't what he have does. to. He he he's, he could no. do this because he doesn't really have to do much in terms of. But the but end, do you think right? this is a setup for if he wins, you're going to see him flip it right back on? Well, I think that's certainly possible, but I think even he doesn't have to make that call. Like he could make that call in the moment and we've seen him be able to do it. Like he doesn't have to stage it. He'll he'll know if he wants to make that call as it happens. He's just that guy. He knows how to do it. So he's always okay, gonna so, have that so, he's always gonna have that in his in his back pocket ready to go. Same as Chael, right? We saw Chael. How many times did we see humble chow right and then like the next thing we know he's talking about feeding bananas to a bus i mean come on (laughs) right i mean that's exact like wasn't humble chow right before that like bananas to the bus like it was the previous fight so (laughs) so yeah he's always got it whether or not he oh he's got it whether or not he wants to use it i think he makes the call in the moment i think he makes the call in the moment do you think this is the Okay, so you're saying call in the moment. Right now, he's obviously down. Things haven't been going his way uh, in or outside of the cage for a couple of years. So do you think that's what this is? He's making the call that, hey, I better you know, be polite and everything. Nobody wants to hear me talk shit right now. I'll look like an asshole because of... Right? Like, that's the call he made? Or... 
So I think, think he's got is... his, I think he's got his tail between his legs because of the legal trouble. And you saw at the at the at the press the conference, presser, yeah. somebody was trying to ask him about the the assault charges, and and then the crowd just booed, which is fucking stupid. You know, yes. like they they have the right to ask, they should yeah. ask, and you know it, how he handles it is, yeah. you know, on him, and you know his his you know blind faith people fans didn't you know give us <laughs> a chance to hear what you know what he was going to say about it, but. His silence about it speaks volumes, right? It does. Yeah. So that's 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 exactly what you're talking about here. I mean, his silence about it speaks volumes of that and what's happened outside of the, the cage or the boxing ring for the past couple of years. And, you know, he's also a whiskey salesman now, right? Like, I watch hockey all the time. I know, like, so we don't confuse people. You're the Canadian and I'm the American. And, you know, I've forgotten more about hockey than you'll ever know. Um, this is and true. On these, on, and on the boards, well, sometimes, I, you know, you might you might pass through a game here and there. And I, I know your dad watches hockey. Hi to Pat. I know you're not listening. Um, <laughs> ever, you canceled your son's birthday two years ago. Um, <laughs> greatest moment ever in the history of Facebook. Um <laughs> You see, you, I watch a lot of hockey games, and I see those ads for Proper 12, like, on the boards of a lot of hockey teams, you know, NHL teams games. So, like, you know, he's 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 a salesman. He's selling that. He's he's mm-hmm. talking about, like, you know, he wants to he wants to also box and, and, and fight for a title. So he's, you know, uh, but I think he's I think he's focused on this fight. And I think that he removed a lot of the distractions that he needed to. He, he claimed, I guess on Ariel's show that, that he hasn't had a drink in three or four months or something like that. Yeah. So that stuff doesn't surprise me because you know what? Uh, when, the a, focuses, uh... he's, 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 when the guy focuses, he's, he's, he's tremendously successful at whatever it is he's, he's trying to do. Yep. And that's, uh, uh, where I also will not be one bit surprised is if, you know, you know, the, with the the focusing on the fight camp, the focusing on Cerrone, the not focusing on talking shit, so you can take you know like the exhaustion exhaustion from you know always having to be on every time the microphone's in front of you. You got to be on your your money may or money Mayweather, um, again uh, what's it called Mystic Mac, um, right? Like so by taking that out of the equation focusing and being as strategic and uh, as intelligent as he is, especially with selling fights, I'll not be one bit surprised as, as soon as this whole humble bullshit's over, if he you know puts Cerrone on ice, if he gets on that microphone and you know calls his shot, I think uh, calling his shot I th- should be Nate because Tony and Khabib are already set up to go. Uh, what's the point? What are you going to say? I want to fight the winner of you guys. Well, Dana already said you're fighting the winner. So, you know, either go with Nate because of the trilogy, even though Nate lost against uh, Mazaval, or go right at Mazaval and be like, you're not the baddest motherfucker. I'm the champ champ. Don't you ever fucking forget. You know what I mean? And just like a complete WWF turn because like he was the the what what are the the terms the heel and the what's the good guy hero 
Nah, there's like the heel and the something, and then like they turn heel and turn back. Like that's the the, the slang in pro wrestling. Have you ever watched Chael Sonnen? Oh yeah, yeah, Jesus like Christ. a heel turn. Uh, yeah, but that's turn. turn that's turning the back. Guy, heel turn. If you're turning from the heel to the good guy, and then then doing another heel turn to be the bad guy again. Um, I will not be one bit surprised to see that, and I think it would be a planned thing. Because um, I don't, Connor knows how to sell fights, and he's not going to be, he's not going to take this GSP approach for the rest of his career. There's no way that doesn't sell fights. The thing is, he sells he sells fights in different ways at different times. And one of the ways that he sells fights mm-hmm. is he com- he gets his opponents. Off, he catches them off guard, and he puts them on the defensive from the beginning. So that's why I don't think he has it planned out yet. Not it's too. It would be like too obvious, like in a way. Um. I, yes, I agree with what you're saying. Um. But this is this is like, like like I said, like the 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 the, the love he's given Cerrone seems genuine. And Cerrone, I like what you said there too, though. Like he, um, you know, like it's basically a mental warfare thing. And I've wondered about that too, because Cerrone's just loving him. He's not saying he's going to kick the lucky charms out of him anymore and all this shit. He's like, oh, Connor, good guy. Connor's talking to him about his, uh, Cerrone's python skin coat and all this shit. And they're fucking boys. And, you know, that, like you said, you know, that Connor can. Uh, he can create that like uh, weakness in his opponent, and and then strike. Then he can do it through th- like this method, or like what he did to Jose Aldo, screaming in his face, taking his belt off. Right, that same thing, but it was just like another method, and that allowed him to knock Jose Aldo in thirteen seconds. Yes, yeah, see with Cowboy, like he doesn't he doesn't need to do that. Like if He's he tried to do that, he kind of. Yeah, but he would be kind of like playing into Cowboy's hands. Like mm. like this way he kind of disarms him, you know? Like with Aldo, he disarmed Aldo by, you know, being on the offensive about it all the time. And he knew that he just couldn't keep up. Yeah, yeah. So and, Cowboy, and this way he like disarms Cow- him. Cowboy, if, if he was trying to do it against Cowboy, Cowboy would have been the one guy who could have flipped a lot of the stuff back mm-hmm. on him. Or been like, you know what? You could say all the shit you want, dude. I just don't care. Like... And mm-hmm. you'd believe him because, like, probably he wouldn't care, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, there's other stuff on this card. The and I know the one that you want to talk about is Macy Barber. Oh my God! What? What? How, nobody likes Roxanne Modafferi anymore, or what? That's, go ahead. Give, that's give, give, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I don't have it in front of me. Do you have it up? No. Well, here's the thing, like. The, I lo- the last I saw it last night, it was uh, a minus twelve hundred for um, for Macy Barber and plus I think seven fifty for Roxanne Modafferi. And yeah, I saw that and I was like, "Holy shit!" Is it still it, around the same? It's in the neighborhood. And you know what? You know Roxanne Modafferi has hit as a similar underdog when she in the beat- UFC. Yeah. She beat Andrea. Oh no 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 no! It wasn't. Yeah. I don't think it was in the UFC. Yeah, but it was against uh, KGB Lee, who was in the UFC. And okay, fighting... in what promotion? Invicta. I think it was Invicta. Okay, that... okay, okay. I'm just I'm more so just checking the rep, the the uh, organization. 
Like it wasn't like you know uh, how Roxanne spent a lot of time over in Asia, where you know they. Yeah, in the, Japan, uh, the, she, was in J- she was in Japan for a in, long time. Over, yeah, yeah, right. So, like the uh, the betting lines might not all might not always necessarily be realistic, um, but yeah. So it was Invictus. So it was over here. It and, was invi- uh, Yeah, it was. A, that was a legit. You know, that was a legit line. Yeah, and I remember. I remember. I you know we talked about Laura Sanko before our old pal, and uh, I remember talking to her about that fight. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, Roxanne won the fight. Like, she clearly won the fight. And she's like, if they fought another ten times, like, she wouldn't she wouldn't win one. I go, yeah, but she won the one that she needed to win. <laughs> so she, And she's hit as a big underdog a couple of times, Roxanne. And this so, is no, no disrespect against Macy, but it's just like, that, that that's the type of line that you would see when Cyborg would fight. I also don't want to disrespect them by saying nobodies, but people that just had no business being there with Cyborg. Yeah, but that was just a matchup issue. I mean, that was like, you know, you had... You That's had, the kind of betting line this is. Yeah, but these, these betting lines are not that crazy in, in women's MMA fights. Like, you do you do see these come up, you know, more so in, in uh, on the women's side than the men's side. Like, you don't see them come up on the men's side as much. But when they do come up, they do come up more on the uh, on the women's side. Well, I mean, these are the same odds. We were just talking about this fight before for sept- uh, for September. Yeah, you know, I'm good on months. February eighth. <laughs> <laughs> February, you know, which is it's like September. Um, One of them. Yeah, it's it's a month with like an E in it, an R and, or something. Yeah, uh, Shevchenko is minus a thousand to Chikagian's plus six fifty. That's a title fight. That that makes sense actually. Right, but it's basically the same odds as as this, you know, Macy Macy Barber versus uh Roxanne Motaferi fight. So you do you do see it. You just you know you don't see it as 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 often as you used to. Like it was like every cyborg fight. I mean, every cyborg fight was like that for a but, while. Yeah, like especially when she was uh, trying to take fights wherever she could uh, outside of the UFC. You know, Strikeforce gave her a home for a bit, but even in Strikeforce, um, uh, Jan Finney. There's no way that line could have been good. Um, oh my god, that was a very tough fight to watch i remember king mo said the one time that uh he was cage side watching that fight and he was pretty sure that he was going to get subpoenaed to court for a witness to attempted murder <laughs> and jan, jan jan finney was like way too tough for her own good i by the yeah, way i think yeah. she returned i think she fought again last year she fought uh fairly recently i don't know if it was last year but sometime within the past few years i saw her name pop up and i was like holy shit yeah she hadn't she hadn't fought in a while but um yeah she was uh she was one tough woman um but yeah th- like i don't know i just i i came across that line and uh holy sh- i just especially roxy modafari's name attached to it like uh, just uh, i did not think that you'd see her that far apart um as as an underdog unless it was like a Shevchenko or like someone like that. But even Shevchenko, I, would, I couldn't see it being that far apart. Uh, Shevchenko and uh, Caitlin, 
you, you mentioned. Uh, I like it's going to take a whole hell of a lot, but if Caitlin pulls off that uh, Cinderella story or whatever you want to call it, holy shit, that's going to be something else. Um, so as you mentioned earlier in the show, that you've uh, you've been around her for a long time before she was even fighting. Um, and we had her on the on Rear Naked Choke Radio, and she's never been like uh, crazy busy or rushed her career, as we've seen. But uh, maybe it's uh, something that the rest of us don't know. You know, taking this time, being patient, being strategic with her fights, never rushing anything, and maybe she's more prepared for this than we think, and. Uh, Cashing in on that betting line would be a, a huge payday. Yeah, I mean, like, by the time that fight goes off, you you have to figure that if the line is like that in a title fight, that the champ is going to take a flood of late money unless it's like the Holly Holm-Ronda Rousey situation where, you know, somebody really felt like they knew something and they and all the late money went to home and it and it knocked the huge line down to something you know more reasonable but like mm-hmm. i don't i don't anticipate that happening here in terms of the line and it is possible that she would get into the territory of you know winning of that fight might actually represent the biggest upset in in UFC history which as you know but maybe our listeners don't that you know the way i calculate the level of an upset is the highest betting line against <laughs> the highest payoff. That's the mm-hmm. definition of the upset. Like Chris Weidman over Anderson Silva is not even close to the, the first one was not even close to the biggest upset in UFC history because he was like plus 200 or something like mm-hmm. it wasn't even that long of a shot. And a lot of us were, 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 were calling that to happen. Yeah. yeah but I yet see. I still see people, I still see people like Weidman over Anderson. The, it's the biggest upset. I'm like, yeah, and it's not <sighs> even close. It's not even it's not even in the on on you know the first three pages of upsets. I saved my buddy a thousand bucks that night when Anderson Weidman fought for the first time. He was and like he was an, an avid MMA better. And uh he got to my place and we we're getting ready to watch the fight and uh, uh he said that like he's last minute bet, he's been thinking about it, thinking about it, and he was like I think I'm going to put a thousand bucks on Anderson. The odds are actually pretty good on him for once. He's not a ridiculous favorite. Like I could win some money. It's like, do not put a thousand dollars on Anderson Silva. He's going to lose this fight. And, uh, obviously we saw what happened. He got knocked out, but yeah, like you said, like, you know, people that like knew, knew that Chris Weidman was the one and it's not even necessarily a better mixed martial artist or whatever. It was just like, even when, when, when Weidman, was fighting back in like the 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 New Jersey New York area, um, uh, coming up like there was just this thing that you heard around. Obviously, I had uh, connections to um, fighters, trainers, coaches, uh, promoters. Like uh, uh, what's his name from Ring of Combat, Lou. Yeah. What What was his last name? Tabella. No, no, Ring of Combat. <laughs> I know. I, I could see his face. 
Okay, yeah, I can't think of his his name his last name. Anyway, yeah, yeah, like people like that, you know what I mean? Having that uh um connection. So I was like, Oh, this Chris Wyman guy is for real. Right? Like in the regionals before it was UFC time and uh yeah, I mean it was it was the it was written already that he was gonna be the one to dethrone Anderson. So for Lou guys Neglia. like us, like Neglia. You said, Lou Neglia, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to jump in and just blurt it out. Otherwise, no, it was needed. That was needed. Lou deserves that. <laughs> um, lose my Jersey card and my Italian card. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. So having that connection to you and, and Hector, um, like that, the, I there was already, you know, like you said, knowing about uh, about Weidman. Um, there was just every everything was in the in the uh, the recipe and. That night, the way everything led up to the fight, like it just, it was in the air that night that there was no way Anderson Silva was going to win that fight. Um, yeah, I another... could, and I, I, I was, I was all over Wadman, so I could feel it coming in the air that night. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! <laughs> There's I think a fun I fact. Slid, I just, I think I just slid that one right by you. Oh you know, um, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> What about Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington? That's, that, I mean, you can't say that that's a co-headliner, but you know, because this is just a headlining match, you know, type of event. But like, you know, Rocky Pennington is like, you know what? If, if Holly Holly Raquel is going to be, I get what you're saying about like the co-main. For that matter, it could be Claudia and Alexa Grosso. Um, I think that's just uh, those are the two biggest names put together on the main card after Connor Connor and Cerrone. Yeah, but how do you think it's going to go? Oh. That's uh-huh. that's what I mean. Like what do you Oh, think no, I know that's what you're going to. You're just saying like it's not necessarily a a co-main headliner. Um Yeah. And yeah, it definitely is not like a a certified legitimate one. Uh how do I think it's going to go? Who cares? Like fuck, whatever. At this point, uh, they're both. Raquel Pennington is like she fought uh, as close as she's gonna get to UFC gold. Holly had it, lost it, stuck around in title contention, and now it's uh, like they're fighting just you know to stay competitive. You see either one of them pulling off a crazy performance that's gonna catapult them. into title contention or even fighting people in title contention. That's why I'm saying like, who cares? It, it's not, I don't see it being something that you should not miss. The finish might be crazy, but it could be crazy from either end. Holly might land a, a wicked head kick. Raquel might just fucking bulldog her. Like, cause Ra- 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 if MMA didn't exist, Raquel Pennington could have a successful career in street fighting. Like she is like a tough, tough motherfucker. Right, so you're not going to see any wicked martial arts spin kicks or anything from her. Um, so I don't see it. Like, who cares? Like I told you before, we even started the show. There's, there's not a whole lot to touch on because uh, the card's uh, kind of weak. But do you have any uh, thoughts on this fight? Well, they, they, when they ran this fight the first time, which is already like almost five years ago, if you could believe that. Um, Home won a split decision, and I thought Pennington won the fight. 
And the thing was, at that time, they were really building up Holly Holm because that was her UFC debut. Mm -hmm. And they obviously, you know, were setting her up to to fight Rousey, which, you know, she did. And, you know, at the time, even though Holly Holm was not, you know, a a young fighter, like she had, she's like in in the boxing hall of fame. Like she's one of the best, like, female boxers of all time. Although she did suffer one of the worst boxing boxing knockouts like you will ever see in your life. Oh, brutal! If you want it, if you want to Google that, you can. But um, you know, her her MMA career has come after her her boxing career, and you know she's she's been around for a long time. She's and she's you know she's thirty eight, and you know, at the time she beat Pennington, she she went to eight zero, and then uh, she beat Marion Renault. And then she had the fight against Rousey in Australia where she had the, you know, the famous head kick knockout, which, you know, I contend that she concussed Rousey with the first punch that she threw in the fight. Um, But it was a great performance. But you know what? Since then, lost to Misha Tate, lost to Shevchenko, lost to Jermaine Durandami, beat uh, Bitch Kahaya, lost to Cyborg, (laughs) beat Megan Anderson, and lost to Amanda Nunez, like got really demolished by Nunez. So she's one, two, three, four, five, two and five since she beat Rousey. Mm. Now she's fighting Pennington, who I thought beat her actually the first time and, and has done, you know, pretty well since that fight. She beat Jessica Andrade. She beat Bitch Kohaya. Uh, Liz Phillips, <laughs> she beat Misha Tate. She had her shot at the title. She lost to Nunez, but she was game. She made it midway through the fifth round against fucking Amanda Nunez in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lost to Jermaine Derandami. Got to you know knock her a little bit because she missed weight in that fight for a 135 fight, and that was after a championship fight. So that's kind of bullshit. And then she came back and beat uh, Irene Aldana, who's who's pretty good. So my point, I guess, Jay, is this. I know you said, like, I don't want to talk about the lines, but Pennington is plus 115, Holm is minus 135, and, like, it should be the other way around because Pennington's going to beat her. That's what I, I'll go. How about that? How about that? I'll give you a little tip. Okay. I, uh, is, P- is Pennington going to fucking just, you know, bulldog her and beat her unanimous de- unanimous decision? Yeah, that's that's or, probably or, the way right? to go. But yeah, there's not going to be some crazy, you know, like I said, display of, of martial arts. So that's not taking anything away from Pennington. Um, I, I'm actually a fan of her, so I'm a fan of both of them. But, you know, and like you've talked about before, uh, the spokes on the wheel and as you get older. Um, and like you just mentioned, Holly's, what, 38 now? Um, yeah. So those, those, those uh, head kicks that she used to set up, that uh, nobody saw coming. Not just Ronda. I mean, we she's she's knocked out other people with those head kicks. Um, obviously, they're they're not coming like they used to, right? So we could see that, right? If the if the spokes in the wheel are are on point that night, but uh, or we could see Pennington um, just you know grind out the decision, and not necessarily in a boring way, um, but like I said. It's no. It's definitely not like. Uh, make sure that you got your beer ready for this one. 
I I think that a Pennington Connor McGregor parlay at the top of that card would be nice. And then you you throw in another uh you throw in Motafari with the two of them on like another small little bet to jack up your odds just in case she she hits as a big underdog again. <laughs> You know, <laughs> hey, and now guess what? We just made UFC 246 fun. <laughs> no matter what happens, you know, like, could you imagine if you had, if, you know, if you're going to bet Moda Ferry, first of all, as we say, like, make sure you put an individual bet on it, not just a parlay bet, because that'll pay for all your other bets. But like, could you imagine having Moda Ferry win uh, under your belt already? And now you get to watch the next those those two main event you know the the pre-main event we'll call it and then the main event knowing that if if uh your things come out how much you're going to win i mean that's 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 fun and it's 2020 now so in uh in the u.s anyway you can you could do that online and in a lot of states now including new jersey so it's a little, a little action for you a little action or you could yeah. just bet uh what did we say pretzels we used to say you can bet pretzels. How many pretzels do you want to put on that? Bet pretzels. pretzels. I put 16 cents on Anderson Silva to beat Daniel Cormier once. Yeah, and I told you that you were wasting 16 cents. <laughs> I laughed at you. I begged you to not do it. You're like, it's 16 so... cents. I'm like, yeah, why waste it? Go bet it and put it on Cormier. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Cormier, probably, I, probably, I probably would have had to owe money if I would have bet that on Cormier. Just because, like, I mean, there was 16 cents left in the account, so I was like, fuck it, let it ride on Anderson Silva on, like, two days' notice up in weight against Cormier. No, I, I mean, I, I, I think the payout was, like, a dollar twenty-one or something. Yeah, it was. you could have just bet it on Cormier, and then you could have gotten to 18 cents and then, you know, done it again and, and, and gotten it up until, you know, keep, kept, kept rolling it. Until, just keep building like, retirement, retirement plan. You never know. I've been in. Uh, I'm I'm more of like a horse racing guy when it comes to wagering, and I can't tell you like there have been times when I've been down to that last dollar in my account, and I'm like oh, I could fund it and make this. I'm like, you know what? Let me just see if I could. Let me see if I hit something with these last like four bucks, and I've done it. I have done it. I mean, a few years ago, I hit for a few hundred, like down to my last like four bucks. And I was like, oh, good. I guess I don't have to fund for a while. Playing for free. <laughs> That's how we do it, baby. That's how we do it. Anyway, what uh, – so, okay, building downtown. What What do the building downtown people want to know? Uh, do they want to know which person on this card is the best battle rapper? Like, what do the building downtown people want to – like, what can I add for the building downtown – crew here your average listener that's good that's you know gonna what? that's gonna hear me to your audience this, this this breaks my heart because you know with the building downtown it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of uh, interest between myself and my co-host krill of hip-hop battle rap you know some combat sports plus other like general interest, so it's going to turn into more of like just a, a general interest 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 show. But um, especially at the beginning, you're going to see more guests from, like I said, hip hop, battle rap, MMA, whatever. But the overall goal, what the, the this is kills me to say, 
the type of fans will be like Conor McGregor fans because there'll be people who are just casual fans of things. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, it, it, it hurts my heart to say that, but I, I <laughs> but hopefully more loyal than Conor McGregor fans. But Conor McGregor, what the hell are you talking about? Conor McGregor oh, fans man. are so loyal that oh, they have the line. Before I forget, before I forget, when we're talking about Connor and and McGregor fans and thought the Irish, uh, our buddy Sean from Ireland. Oh, Sean Sheehan. Yes. Uh, what's the name of it? Severe MMA podcast. There we go. Sorry. Um, like I don't pay attention like I used to, where I would watch everything, listen to everything that everyone does. He's doing big things and uh you know he, remember like when when he was uh, well i mean i don't know if he was starting out but when he first came on my radar probably our radar he was still on a much lower level right just you know getting things together getting his name out there putting the work in and uh a couple of days ago he had an exclusive with uh connor um yesterday he had a ufc 246 breakdown show with him pete carroll uh ariel helwani and uh i forget who who the other luke person thomas. was it? was it luke you know what i mean and uh you look at even the graphics even though they're not they're like just like the 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 thumbnail images they have and stuff that they're very professionally done uh got to give a shout out to him. Uh, it's awesome to see it. And it's nice to see too, as I think you can uh, agree with. He's a genuine, nice guy that really cares about the sport. Um, it just, you know, it's, it's nice to see someone like him work his ass off and actually get somewhere with it. So uh, I, I definitely wanted to give a shout out to him and the things he's, he's uh, been doing and the success that he's been having. Do you know I once got him to sing the Fields of Athenry, a very uh, endearing yeah, Irish I w- song? I was on, on the, the air. I was there. Yeah. I, I was yeah. there, unfortunately. Yeah. I got him to sing that. And you uh, got Sharon to freestyle about Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor. You got he got people to do some things. Uh, I got Bart Palaszewski to sing the theme to the Wonder Pets cartoon. That was that was a long time ago, but I did do that. <laughs> yeah, make people I make people sing, so maybe that maybe that's gonna endear me to the to the building downtown crew and folk. Uh, uh, did I ever get Dirtbag Dirtbag Dan to sing anything? No. You know what though? He was on the day Trump was elected into office. And uh you asked him as like a fellow American or whatever, like what do you think? And he was like and it was funny because you and I were talking off air, and he said uh, um, basically the same thing you did. Some things are going to change. Some things are going to remain the same. We'll see what happens. Interestingly, it wasn't. It must not have been the election day. It must have been inauguration day, because the day he was elected, I was actually in Australia. Okay, and or maybe not, it was right was after, ele- or right after he was elected. If not, then it was inauguration day. Yeah, okay. It was some kind of, you know, day after that had happened. I just want to be clear for the fans who are like, no, I remember that. Because we're going to get, you know, a thousand tweets about it. <coughs> or or none. Um, okay, so uh, 
now uh, uh, here you you want me you want me to take it back to old times <laughs> wrap this bitch up sounds like it's time to go okay so for the uh rear naked choke radio listeners you can follow the show at rnc radio on twitter and uh you can follow me joe rizzo at rear naked choke all one word no underscores or anything like that yes that's the original i've had it for a long time uh for building downtown you could follow at building downtown uh not the building downtown just building downtown and uh you could follow jay at j kelly mma i don't know did you do another twitter for your building downtown personality or is it just j kelly mma well yeah so follow jay at j kelly mma and you can follow Kirill at Apostle Raps, A-P-O-S-T-O-L-R-A-P-S, for your building downtown stuff. You can get the podcasts everywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you, wherever you get it. It's all subscribable. It's all good. And for now, it's all done. So I'll wrap this one for Jay Kelly. This is Joe Rizzo. Thanks for listening to the Building Downtown and RNC Radio coming at you live. Building downtown. Building downtown. Building downtown. Building downtown. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.